This episode of One Hit Thunder is brought to you by DistroKid. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Return guest Johnny Yetzkanish has an impressive track record of choosing the very best sad songs to discuss on One Hit Thunder. He keeps his streak alive this week by picking Nobody Knows by the Tony Rich Project. This relatable R&B jam took over the airwaves in 1996, but Tony quickly faded away from the mainstream soon after. Did we figure out why, or does nobody know it but him? Stay tuned to find out. One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder So Johnny, you're back for a third time. You are known for bringing the heat when you come on Two One Hit Thunder. You came famously one time for Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You, which Matt, I believe we ranked that as the number one song the of the year. The best song. We we ranked it as the best song of the year, and then we put it up against your best song of last year, which may have been Duncan Sheik. Yeah, actually. Johnny, you may have brought <laughs> you, you may have brought to the table the two best songs in our opinion so far that we've done on this entire show. So you're trying to follow that up this week. I know a lot of things have come off the list since you've last been on here, but you brought us the Tony Rich Project Nobody Knows this week. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on again, guys. And yeah, those first two songs, I mean, those were bangers. And we actually had Duncan actually responded to us (laughs) and and even said... I think it was about a girl and she knew like that's what he responded. So that was a big thing. You know, we didn't get anything from Sinead, but uh, yeah, those were bangers. But this song I wanted to do because I felt like it was at a very, you know, important time in my life as far as development into music and, you know, kind of becoming an adult. And Mm -hmm. I just think it's a banger too. It's not as big as those I'd say, but I just think it's important to talk about. Another sad love song. And what year is this one from, actually? Uh, 95. 95. Okay, so you're 14, 15 years old. Yeah, I'm 14 time. years old. I'm in probably eighth grade. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, this would appeal. Man, a middle school dance oh, to yeah. this song. This is a perfect middle school dance I was, song. I was 10, and I was just getting into music. It was pretty much all punk music, and even this song broke through, where I was like, I don't like R&B, but I... I like this Tony Rich song a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you still hear this one on the radio. Everybody can relate to this at some point. Nobody knows. Nobody knows it but me. You keep it you keep it inside. The lyrics are deep. I mean, mm-hmm. they they really are deep. We should pull those up at some point. Oh, I but- got I got them right here in front of me. We're gonna we're definitely gonna break these down because Tony Rich started as a songwriter and that definitely shows in these these lyrics. And and I wanna say 
you know, as far as my musical taste at this time. So I was in the boys, the men, uh-huh. Casey and Jojo. Maybe yeah, I, I liked time? all that stuff. I related to it. I was very emotional middle schooler, mm-hmm. but in 94, all the big albums came out and it was swinging me, you know, to a whole nother music. And some of those are, I mean, Weezer, the blue album was like the first, I got that on a tape. And that was the first thing that really set me like, wow. Like when I first heard Undung, I was like, man, this is like the coolest thing I've ever heard. But Nirvana Unplugged came out, Beck, Mellow Gold, R.E.M. Monster. I know you don't like Offspring, but that Smash album to me, mm-hmm. when it came out, it was, I was a like, Smash. I, was I, liked, <laughs> I liked it at the time. I just didn't like what they did after. Then they just made like novelty music and I didn't like that. Well, another album, Dookie. I mean, that's kind of, for me, like, you know, Green Day Weezer kind of took over what I like. So for this song to make an impact in 95, you know, it it was kind of the last hurrah for that R&B type of stuff that I was into. But this song stuck with me. And I think my stepbrother, Kevin, had the single. Oh, Kevin definitely had. And I would just I would just play it on repeat. And I was just jamming, like, you know, feeling the music. So, right. No, this is definitely in the wheelhouse of something I like. But like you said, at this point, the punk had taken over my life. But I can't remember a time in my life where I didn't like this. This was very much in my rebelling against anything that was popular stage, I think. But I don't remember not liking this song. It's it's a really good song. As much as I would like, you know, I would sing along with this song when I'd hear it. But like when I was actually writing down the lyrics, I was like, I don't think, you know, like sometimes you sing a song and you're hitting every word, but you're not actually thinking about what those words yeah. are until you look at them. Like there's a line in here where it's like, like a clown, I'll put on a show but the pain is real even if nobody knows. And I'm like, what a what a you know, line that's relatable, though. Yeah, but that's really uh, <laughs> almost borderline knockoff of the Smokey Robinson Tears of a Clown. Tears of a Clown. Well, he's probably doing that intentionally. It's yeah, an that's homage. What that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It might be an homage to that song. Yeah, but I agree with you, Matt. Like, looking at the lyrics, you know, I could sing them along, too, but I, I, I you tell me to tell you the lyrics I can't yeah. put it on and I think that's a true test that this song holds up production wise lyric wise just the quality of the song I mean it could come out today and be a hit yeah this is a really I mean this is very comparable to nothing compares to you in the sense that it is it is a song about a breakup that you are trying to pretend mm-hmm. isn't hitting you as hard as it actually is hitting you <laughs> right is that what you do oh yeah you you, you hold it down I I feel like I Usually do a pretty good job of that. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a crier, so I'll be crying oh. the whole time. But like, I won't let them know that I'm crying. Right. But yeah, everybody, that's what I, mean. I wouldn't say that nobody knows though. There's definitely oh. people that will know. <laughs> somebody <I'll>, knows. <laughs> somebody knows. Matt's re, Matt's Matt's remix. Somebody knows. Yeah. And somebody knows beyond me. <laughs> a few people know, <laughs> not just me. One thing that struck me Matt and I really had a music video dive last night hours of watching music videos together last night yeah we were like a real life Beavis and Butthead so much so that we at one point just went on a binge of watching Beavis and Butthead watch watch music videos videos, (laughs) and then watch Mike Judge on like Conan O'Brien and stuff like we really got into it but (laughs) did you watch the music video for this song I couldn't find it 
I, I, I saw live performances. I, I I don't know if I wasn't. You missed a lot of toilets. Uh, really? There, I've never seen so many urinals. Wow. In I'm a video watch before. We'll watch it after we film this. I don't know why he made the backdrop this <laughs> dirty bathroom with urinals behind him. There's literally urinals in like. Well, you had it. that same idea in Quinterviews for the one that we did together. You put oh. piles of trash behind me. Right. So you kind of had that same thinking. So maybe you didn't know. So yeah. I want to throw this out to you as well, though, because there's something I called out to Chris when we were watching it. And there's a scene in the music video, and it's completely out of the context of the rest of the video. It's just this weird shot with weird lighting where Tony Rich takes a like a fedora hat and he just like gently puts it on his head and dips down and he literally recreates the Tony Rich project album cover oh, wow. for a split second. I feel like I like distinctly remember there being this weird thing where you'd see music videos where they would try to like recreate the the album covers somewhere in the music well, video. Well, did Nirvana try to do that with in yeah, Come the baby's you, in Come As You Are. Yeah, is it? Yeah, there's a baby in the water in Come As You Are and stuff like that. So the definitely the video came after the album. So Oh, yeah. So or he, at least they had the photo and they're like, we know what we're putting on this album. Because the, the album photo is him with that fedora, but like leaning against a, a wall looking sad. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I don't know that, that, I, that. That's a thing that should come back. I will also note a couple things about this music video. At one point in the video, he has an unbuttoned. He's pretty. He's thin, but he's pretty ripped. Yeah. And he has an unbuttoned green, see-through See sheer silk shirt. <laughs> I don't know what who made that decision for that he should wear that. I guess it was. See that nineteen ninety five. Is that before boy bands? Yeah. I no. Think, that was before boys. I that mean, was before the blow up, the the resurgence. But right, new kids like, on the block. Was well, yeah, but yeah. Backstreet Boys, yeah. people like that. That's did not who hit. would wear a shirt like. That. Oh, one hundred, and that was only a year or two around the corner. Because I'm pretty sure the self titled Backstreet Boys is ninety seven. So. so, so this song came out November seventh, nineteen ninety five. I was fourteen, eighth grade. Some notes I have down, which kind of ties to this. I, in in eighth grade, I was wearing silk shirts. Yeah. And silk boxers. Oh, yeah. So, like, the silk thing must have been in, because I actually have a note here. And then I'd also wear Janko really big jeans. So, <laughs> silk shirts and Janko <laughs> jeans is such a great combination <laughs> of an outfit. I Yeah, the, the style choices. I mean, in general, he's very well, even in other parts of this video, he's just well-dressed, wearing stuff that would still look good now. It's just the green sheer shirt was a questionable choice. He's also, at one point, he's sitting in, like, an empty tub. Yeah. I'm like, why is he sitting in that tub? And then you find out later in the video that at some point, I guess he's reminiscing and he was in that tub with the girl mm, taking makes a sense. bath. Right. Yeah. So this song to me hit hard because you're an emotional middle schooler. Like in my head, you know, I was Zach Morris and I liked Kelly Kapowski. Wow. That was my thing. But later we learned that Zach Morris is trash. Mm -hmm. You know, like why didn't we know back then? Why didn't we know? Because he had like blonde hair and like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. He was so mean to everyone and just was manipulative and, and would step on anyone to get what he wanted. So right. for those of you who don't know, Zach Morris's trash is, you know, a, a five minute video that breaks down episodes of old say by the bell that basically shows Zach Morris's trash. So check that out. But you know, in my head, that's who I was. Right. AC Slater was way cooler. Yeah. Way cooler. I mean, RIP screech. Yeah, I mean, Screech was even cooler. So, by the way, Tony Rich, as I guess he called himself, actually, Antonio Richards. 
who who got who did Antonio guess? Jeffries? Oh, Antonio. Why do I, why did I write Richards? Okay, Antonio Jeffries. I don't. <laughs> weird. Yeah, Je- Antonio Jeffries, better wow. known as Tony Rich in the Tony Rich Project. Wow. So yeah, Matt, you you looked that up when you were trying to figure out what other because he wrote songs for other people. We just can't really figure out what they are other than Boys to Men. I sit away, which is not a great Boys <laughs> to Men. Song. No, not a particularly good song. Um, and he wrote for supposedly TLC, Tony Braxton. I did find. The Tony Braxton song was like the opening track to her second album, but it also wasn't a single. So it's he wasn't. I mean, not a spoiler alert, I guess for for the rest of this episode. But you know, Tony Rich may have only had maybe one truly great song in well, him. We'll we'll get to that. <laughs> I got I, well, I, yeah. Well, other people he produced for wrote for Boys the Men, right? Elton I John. Away. Oh, he wrote for Elton John. Uh, you said Tony Braxton, Michael Bolton. Wow. Yeah, he you know, did write for Michael Michael Bolton. There was another one that I found when I was doing this. He got even more after Nobody Knows It. Like he he was hired as a songwriter, did Nobody Knows It, and then after that he got Michael Bolton and Aaron Neville both hired him to write some songs for him as well. Yeah, what well, I mean, his Wikipedia, which anyone could look up, but Tim and Bob production team noticed him, and then they got Perry Pebbles Reed, ex-wife Valet Reed, to right. do a phone call to hear him sing. Right. Well, I got a little more story about that that you might not know. So, who do you know who introduced Tony Rich, a.k.a. Antonio Jeffries, to Pebbles? Do you know who introduced them? I have Tim and Bob. Detroit Pistons star John Sally. Oh, wow. Introduced Tony Rich to Pebbles, who was, I believe, married to L.A. Reed. Yep, yep. At the time. At the time. And then, yeah, that's the connection was somehow John Sally knew Tony Rich. But it was LaFace Records and he was hired as like a house songwriter. Right. But like you said, Matt, after Nobody Knows, he went on to do, uh, write Spice Girls Viva Forever. He was a writer on that. What is that? That's one of the the songs on uh, their second album, Spice World. Okay. And he also, he's an actor. He played Duke Ellington in the movie Hoodlum. Yeah, he did. Oh, wow. And he's an artist. He, has, he sells that. art. Yeah. I knew that on his Instagram, it was all his his paintings and everything. On that video last night, though, I, I did notice he didn't really have that many Instagram followers. Nope. <laughs> which I was like, wow, how does the guy who sings Nobody Knows, and I, I have a theory as to why that is. It might be because everybody, I'm talking 90% of people out there, probably think that nobody knows is babyface. Yep. <laughs> that is I think wow. what was the downfall of Tony Rich is that everybody thought it was babyface. Even people that knew it was the Tony Rich project were then accusing him of of it secretly being babyface like singing it. And he's like no babyface had nothing to do with this album. And then Babyface and Tony Rich actually had a phone call at some point where they were talking about collaborating and they didn't. Yeah, I mean, he only has 7,444 followers on Instagram. Yeah, I think, I seriously think that might be how many I have. (laughs) (laughs) You and Tony Rich. Me and Tony Rich, like right around the same. I think the Usher thing was part of the downfall of Tony Rich. I mean, he- Usher or Babyface? Babyface. Oh, you just said that. Did I say Usher? Yeah. Well, that's because Usher was- the actual downfall, I think, is because then Usher signed to LaFace and they started pumping all kind of money into promoting Usher at that time. Usher blew up. Tony Rich kind of got left behind. You know, there was something else in that video that you and I watched, though, that 
I think Tony Rich kind of got in his own way a little bit because it sounded like he would, he had a very specific vision of who Tony Rich was. And like, it, I believe in there, they talked about how like he didn't see himself as an R&B artist. He I saw know. himself as a pop and rock artist. So he like wouldn't play with R&B artists. He like dropped off of festivals because there was too many rappers on the lineup. Like, right. He but was, wasn't his newer. I mean, I his newer out like his second or third album. I mean, it, he started going more rock. Like guitar stuff. I guess he's like a good guitar player. Yeah, he is. That resurrected album, yeah. like the, the one from like 2003 or something we listened to, it did have a little bit more like rocking guitar on it. It was very interesting because I couldn't hum you a single song off of it. And I don't think that anything from like Tony Rich's vocal side jumped out at me, but it was kind of interesting to hear like what is definitively a rock guitar over top of like what is an R&B beat. Like it was a weird blending of two sounds a little bit but oh, dude, i couldn't do 45 minutes of it dude, <laughs> like, also the the cover of that album looked like an alternative rock like radio rock it looked like i think it was looked like a god smack album it, cover it's the font. definitely god smack font 100 <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was god smack font and he's like standing sideways and it looks like like a dude with tattoos and i and i would have thought that was a god smack album. i i could have walked past that and thought it was a seven dust release right something <laughs> like, like, <laughs> something like that and yeah we, we watched some of his other videos from the album that nobody knows is on and they were all right leaving silly man like a woman was his closest thing to a successful hit and it's it's fine i think even when we were talking the other day i was like it's a great song and i bought that album because it was a great song but i i couldn't tell you a single i couldn't hum you a single note off the rest of that well, that's album. why you buy the single yeah you know when they used look, to have single albums you could just buy there's a front and the back and that's i it. was gonna it's say your brother made the right yeah. call <laughs> <laughs> he ended up getting four grammy nominations and, and he won one of them he for did, album he did win one for r&b performance I think it R&B was. album, the album on oh. R&B, which oh. I'm sure really stuck in his crawl as a rock and pop artist. Well, that's that makes no <laughs> sense. Like it's very obviously R&B music. Like nobody knows it's an R&B. I mean, I guess a pop R&B song, but it's it's very much in in yeah. that vein. And for some reason, for some reason, he rejected the label R&B like I reject the label pop punk. Yeah. He's like, R&B? No. I'm like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> it's, it's what it, it's, it's, what other category is it going to fit into? But here is my problem with the where I might agree with him a little bit, even though this is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of talking shit a little bit, is that even probably more than R&B, this is adult contemporary music. Yeah. And that is my problem with it is that when I listen to it, not I like nobody knows, but it doesn't have even the little bit of edge or like a lot of R and B music. I like you have the thick bass and drums and it doesn't hit. Well, like, it's very much adult contemporary. Like I could see my mom or my grandma or, you know, any adult, would listen to this no problem like yeah it, if it was on they'd probably like it too it has a good feel to it but like you said there's no edge like you know yeah, but here's here's a side theory let's throw it from this angle though do you think that he pushed against r&b because this was right around that time where if you were singing r&b you couldn't be on the billboard top 100 you were resi- you were going to be pushed to the urban charts that's and he was like i am 
I want to be a crossover hit. I am a pop artist. I am not an R&B I, artist. I get that. Because this is the tail end of Boys to Men being on the charts. The la- this, is, this is on the top 10 with this song is the Mariah Carey Boys to Men One Sweet Day song, which in my mind and memory is the last like big Boys to Men song before they got regulated to the urban charts from that point on. Right. Let right. me guys ask you this. So the general assumption is that you know, grunge killed the metal yeah. movement. But wouldn't it have been like this R&B movement in between? It would have been there. I mean, there was. it's funny because as much as we have covered songs from the 90s, when I look at the Billboard charts, you know whose name I never see in like the top 10 songs in America is like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, like Soundgarden. Like they weren't big single bands, but then you look at what the best-selling albums were and it was like, you know, whereas, yeah, everyone's going to go out and buy Nobody Knows the single for Tony Rich because they're not going to pull a Matt Kelly and spend the full price for words. But the Nirvana fans aren't going to buy the Smells Like Teen Spirit single. They're going to buy the Nevermind album. Yeah, because people that are into those type of bands want to hear the B-sides. It's almost yeah. like if you find the B-side, it's better. I mean, that's what you were saying, Chris. You were rebelling against popular music. Like, right. you know, you want to listen to, you know, the deep cuts on Nevermind and sure. you don't care about Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah, sure. like because I can tell you here's... So when this song peaked, it peaked on March 23rd, 1996. This is like just a few of the songs that were in that top 10. Joan Osborne, one of us. Wow. I could see people buying that single and not the album. I almost picked that as my song. <laughs> uh, Jim Blossoms had one of those weird like double A-sides where it's follow you down and till I hear it from you. Oh, it's that era. Yeah. Missing by uh, everything but the girl. Oh, that I, dance track. <laughs> yeah. Ironic by uh, Alanis Morissette. I already mentioned One Sweet Day. And the song that kept this from being the number one song in America, Celine Dion's Because You Love Me. Oh, this song's better. Yeah, this song is better. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Celine. Yeah, this song's You're listening. better. Not Celine's best. But. And also, when it comes to Nirvana, like, taking over and wiping out, I, I just think that is in reference to rock music. I feel like the pop uh, pop and rap and R&B, they, it was doing its own thing that I don't think was necessarily affected by Nirvana, minus some album chart stuff, I guess, Matt. But that, yeah. those things were kind of, you, you know, because you think about that i mean around the time nirvana's huge that's also the time dr dre yeah like and okay. snoop dogg are huge so here's a pro- i just out of curiosity i wanted to pull it up nirvana only ever had four songs that made it onto the billboard hot 100 at all wow one of them was smells like teen spirit which made it to number six on the hot 100 the next highest was come as you are at 32 wow lithium charted at 64 and then in 2002 when they released the b-sides compilation that song you know you're right peaked at 45 those are the only songs that nirvana had that crossed off of the rock chart onto the billboard hot 100 that's crazy i guess it's because so in the 90s was it still a big part of the metric was it people buying buying the physical singles yeah and people weren't doing that for nirvana but also radio airplay factors radio airplay factor the pop stations weren't playing they weren't going to play nirvana and that was probably by design nirvana didn't want to be in these charts that's the and that's why like you know there are like those weird there are those weird bands where like we're not ever going to do a weezer episode 
But if you were looking at the charts exclusively for songs by I'm, Weezer, that I know crossed, what it's going to be. It's Beverly Hills, oh, which is insane. Yeah. The worst Weezer song. <laughs> That's not the worst. But okay, it's not the yeah, worst, worst hit. hit. Yeah, it's the worst hit for sure. For sure. I mean, I would. I'm surprised that Africa actually their cover of oh, Africa. Oh no. Did. Okay. Yeah. So there's a couple actually. I, there's a few. None of them ever made it to top forty. But Africa peaked out at 51 on the Hot 100. Oh, no. Beverly Hills made it to top 10. Pork and Beans was 64. Perfect Situation was 51. I like that one. And then the only one off the Blue Album was Undone Sweater Song at 57. Wow. <laughs> Nobody Holly. No. no. I mean, it was... In the 90s, MTV was such a huge thing that your band could get gigantic off of music videos and stuff. And I don't know how music video, music video play probably didn't factor in at all. At all. Well, and this is the same thing where we've talked about before where, you know, there's like, when we were talking about OK Go, I think we were saying, if OK Go was out in 2022 when YouTube streams were counting towards your billboard standing, there's no way they would have ever been labeled a one hit wonder, but because your mm. video streams didn't matter at all at the time that they were the biggest music video band in the world, none of those songs got played on the radio. They were just being watched for the videos online. Hey there, one hit thunder listeners. Are you ready to take your music to the next level? Well, get ready to rock because this episode is brought to you by DistroKid, the ultimate digital music distribution service for artists like you. With DistroKid, you can easily upload your songs or albums to online stores and streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube Music, reaching fans all around the globe. But that's just the beginning. DistroKid offers a ton of awesome features like HyperFollow, which helps you promote your releases and get pre-saves on your songs all for free. But wait, there's more. The DistroKid app is now available on iOS and Android. With the app, you can manage your releases, track your streaming stats, and even withdraw your earnings, all from the palm of your hand. And for those looking to perfect their sound, check out Mixia. This powerful tool allows you to put the finishing touches on your tracks in minutes, ensuring they sound polished and professional every time. But that's not all. DistroKid has just launched a brand new feature called Instant Share, allowing you to easily share large files securely with collaborators, producers, and more. With Instant Share, you can keep your music streaming at the highest quality while making the best impression possible. So what are you waiting for? Elevate your music career today with DistroKid and unlock a world of possibilities. Possibilities that I know all about because I've been using DistroKid for years. It's seriously great. If you haven't used it before, you're going to love it. And One Hit Thunder listeners get an exclusive offer, 30% off your first year with DistroKid by signing up at distrokid.com slash VIP slash One Hit Thunder. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash One Hit Thunder. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.
Yeah, but bringing it back around to Tony Rich Project here, Matt, you brought up, we saw this in the video last night, that at his peak, he was slated to play this big festival with a lot of the like the biggest acts out at the time. But there were a lot of rap artists on the bill. And so he pulled out and people, I think people took that as like insulting or a slight that he didn't like rap music or whatever. I, in my opinion, it's probably because he's going to go out there with, you know, rappers, be it energetic show, be it the bass just kicking and yeah, and he's going to be hard. out there with his acoustic yeah, or whatever. <laughs> he's just going to sound so quiet and it's going to be so mellow. He was probably like, I'm going to get booed off the stage here because it's a completely different thing. He should be playing a theater where people are sitting and you know, uh, that is not like contemporary. Is that like Woodstock 99 when they had like the two female artists? I was going to say that I was just trying to remember who it was. Yeah. Alanis and one more and they kind of didn't fit. Right. Like it was the same, same sort of thing. But I mean, it sucks for him that he had this awesome song. He's pretty talented. He's a writer, plays instruments like really well that he couldn't be on that show. Right. I mean, he should have probably just done it and saw what he, happened. He should have done it because I know that they said the payday was huge. At that at that point, he was at his peak and it, in the 90s, probably more than ever, if you had a huge album, you were making lots of money. Unless you were another bad creation, as we yeah. learned last night. You were making tons of money. So based off of this one hit, he was buying multiple houses, bought his mama house, buying fancy cars, buying all this stuff. But then they alluded to the fact like, oh, now he realized... I bought all this stuff. Well, you can't just buy this stuff and that's it. Like you gotta, you got now you gotta like upkeep on all the stuff you bought. Like now you have to maintain a career. Yeah, and it kind of sounds like he his career kind of disappeared pretty quick. Not, but he kept it, himself active at least with songwriting, which yes. I think kept him. Afloat. That's what paid yeah. the bills. Is is he was? Yeah, a, he did his own albums too. But right. I think the songwriting is probably what made the majority of his money. Side note for, I mean, people can find the video. They can just search like what happened to Tony Rich and I think it'll come up. But was there a point, I remember when I was watching the video, was there a point where you thought that you were about to hear a Tony Rich got catfished story? (laughs) (laughs) When they were talking about how he got a divorce and then met a girl on Facebook and decided to fly out to Australia to meet her. And I'm like, Oh man, is this a story about to take a real dark turn? Yeah. Yeah. He met, (laughs) yeah, he got divorced. He met a girl online and like, Yeah. I was like, this, there's a there's another version of this story where Tony Rich like flew to Australia and was never seen again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it worked out for him. He loves Australia. Yeah, I, know that. I mean, you do. You or no, New Zealand, close enough. Oh, I've never been there. It just looks no, really but that's cool. where you want to go. That's where. If I was rich, I'd go straight to <laughs> straight to New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, speaking of Tony Rich social media, one thing this guy loves is hashtags. If you go to his Instagram page, he has like a stylish picture of him, like a selfie with like, you know, similar to that shot you said in the music video where he just has jewelry on. He's just, (laughs) you know, like that most of them, we don't have 10 hashtags. And what I noticed in a lot of his hashtags, he hashtags vegan. So I'm pretty sure Tony Rich is vegan. Yeah. It'd be weird if he was using that hashtag and he wasn't. (laughs) He just liked the vegan movement. That's interesting to know that you know, that some stars are vegans. I believe you, you, you came yeah. prepared and brought a yeah. list of other uh, musicians. Once, once who I vegan. realized he was vegan, I kind of wanted to know what famous musicians were vegan. And, you know, I wrote down a few that piqued my interest, but Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And, that's, I mean, made it onto the Simpsons. To yeah. I mean, being vegan. I mean, Paul <laughs> McCartney, say what you will. We went and seen him. I mean, he does like a three hour show, takes no breaks, drinks, no water and just rocks. He should be, the commercial. We, we got to think about how good these people look and how healthy they seem to be as we go through them. If you, 
I hope I look and an and am in as good a shape as Paul McCartney is at his age. That would be amazing. All right, continuing on, Tom York. That also um, doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. But I don't, I don't know, know that he looks like a pillar of health. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he looks very healthy. I, yeah. Okay. So 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 we got one in the win, one in the loss column so far. Uh, new artist, Billie Eilish. Yeah. Okay. All right. okay. I'm I'm surprised. I guess I did see that she was on. She may have mentioned it on that David. She's on that David Letterman yeah. show. That share, yeah. share. I mean, looks great. I yeah, I didn't know that one. That one actually that's surprising. That is surprising to me. I, I like it. Okay, we're 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 three and one. I guess Aesop Rocky. Okay, I don't know what his. I was going to say I don't really know I'd what say he, looks he looks like. Looks pretty good. Yeah, he's young though, right? He's relatively young, probably in his thirties or something. Erica Badu. Okay, that's a good one. Lizzo. Okay. Morrissey. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is. He's the meat is the meat is murder guy. Joan uh, Jett. Nice. Yeah. Joan Jett looks good. Ariana Grande. Yeah. She looks good. The Rizza. Okay. I don't know what he looks like lately, but that's yeah, cool. Surprising Wu Tang guy. Uh Travis Barker. Oh, really? Yeah. Davey Havoc. Okay. And the last one for you, Chris, Maya. Yeah, for me. Yeah, specifically Maya. for you. Yeah. I mean, you just posted a picture of a thing you said, and it just, you know, just happened to come up again. Maya two times in one day. Yeah. Haven't thought about Maya for 20 years, but yeah. today we'll talk about her. We, didn't we talk about Lady Marmalade recently? We did. We too? talked about her yesterday on that, too. Yeah. So I, I always say mocha chocolate. Is that what the line is or whatever? Yep. I, I mean, me. Yeah, yeah. That's the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm a, I'm personally a pescatarian and sometimes I think, man, someday I'm going to be a vegan, but I'm, I was vegan for five months. Yeah. Start of the pandemic, January 1st. I was like, I'm going to do it. Chris, there's no fucking way. Eggs are like <laughs> yeah, 99% you of your diet. I like eggs way too much. <laughs> like, I don't see what the problem with but, eggs But are. I did it it's for eggs and cheese is like yeah. all I've seen you eat in the time that I've yeah. been here. <laughs> but so the first of the year, I was like, I've been vegetarian for 25, 27 years. I was like, I'll try being vegan. Like, I just want to see how I feel. Beginning of pandemic, I did it for five months. And, you know, I actually felt good, challenging, definitely mm-hmm challenging but also during a pandemic i want to eat pizza sometimes yeah. Yeah. like if the world was going to end i was like i'm not gonna not eat pizza if the yeah. world's gonna end right so i after five months i was like all right i'm gonna take a break i may revisit it though it's definitely a healthy lifestyle well it's yeah. so i know i've heard this with a couple musicians but i've definitely heard like you know i'm a big wrestling fan and there's a lot of vegan wrestlers and a lot of them once they became like once they signed to the wwe say where they're traveling 300 days of the year they're like you can't be vegan on the road 300 days of the year like you have to drop back to vegetarian it's too fucking hard to find places that yeah. have vegan options every day on yeah. the road one more i forgot to mention uh vegan musician greg wood yeah that's <laughs> true yeah, there you go. Ex- uh, ex-punchline member and i remember uh the running back in the nfl arian foster yeah remember he was yeah. vegan but he always got hurt that was like i was like maybe he shouldn't be vegan this dude's always hurt <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not that you guys watch UFC, but Nate Diaz, they asked him in a few years ago, at a, at, they were doing a press conference for one of his fights, and it's like, how can you be the baddest guy in the UFC if you're vegan? And he was like, I'll beat anyone up in this room right now. <laughs> like, yeah. like uh, anyone can be vegan. I, I, I do have a question, though. So say I wanted to be vegan except eggs. I don't see... Now, here, I see what the problem with egg would be, would be like factory farms and pumping 
chickens full of whatever. But if I had, say I had 12 chickens in my backyard and they laid egg, they're going to lay these eggs regardless. Yeah. And if I don't grab those eggs and do something with them, they're just going to rot. They're, they're, those, those eggs are unfertilized eggs. They're, they're just, what would be the issue with me eating those? Because you're eating something that's produced by an animal. And that's the biggest distinction. And it even goes as far as honey. Like most like very strict vegans don't even do honey. I know, but I get the respecting the animal. I, I love, I love animals. I want animals to live. That's why I don't eat most of them, but it, you're not killing any chicken by I'm not eating. Kill- I see your point. Yeah. I see your point is it's going to happen. Why waste that it? thing's just going to, yeah. If I don't eat that, that thing's n- nothing else is eating that unless a fox sneaks in and, and, and the chicken's going to live. Yes. Nobody's dying here. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you could come up with some like a pescatarian, but a vegan <laughs> that eats eggs. A vegan that only eats eggs. There An egg- eggatarian. <laughs> there you go. One thing I want to talk about with nobody knows as I'm looking at the lyrics, the chorus comes in real late on this song hmm. because mostly the hook is just that every verse ends with that nobody knows it but me. But the only thing that would even, I guess, count as a chorus because it's repeated more than once is the nights are lonely, yes. the days are so sad. That's three verses deep before that comes in for the first time. Yeah, it's and like halfway down the lyrics. Yeah, like, and I'm missing you, and nobody knows. That's the chorus. Me. That's definitely the chorus. That's, but that's, you get three verses before that chorus hits wow. once. Then you only get one more verse, and then they just say the chorus a bunch for the second half of the song. Yeah, he makes you wait for it, but then he gives it to you. Oh, my when God. It, when it's time, he gives it to you. I'll give it to me, Tony Rich. Give me that nobody knows line. He, fe- he stumbled onto that I'm blank and nobody knows it but me hook, and he was like, this is it. Yeah. This is all I need. The rest yeah. of the words don't matter. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, but reading these lyrics, I mean... It's just well-crafted, relatable lyrics. Oh, yeah. Like, I just think he nailed... Let's go through them. So, the, okay. so we kick off. I pretend that I was glad you went away, but these four walls close in more every day, mm-hmm. and I'm dying inside, and nobody knows it but me. Been there. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I feel it. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, when I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, Tony. Like, I said uh, this one already, but like a clown, I'll put on a show. The pain is real, even if nobody knows that I'm crying inside, and nobody knows it but me. Right. Great. Um... Why there's like a bridge before the first chorus. Uh, why didn't I say the things I needed to say? How could I let my angel get away? Now my world's hmm. just tumbling down. I can see it so clearly, but you're nowhere around. I could do with the how could I let my angel get away line not being there. That's a, that's a little much. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's putting it on deep. Then the chorus, we, yeah. we already sang nights so long, days so sad. Keep thinking of the love that we had and I'm missing you and nobody knows it but me. And then... Wow. So then he takes what I refer to as the bridge and he takes that melody and puts a whole new set of lyrics before the next chorus, which is how blue can I get? You could ask my heart just like a jigsaw puzzle. It's been torn all apart. A million words. I couldn't say just how I feel a million years from now. You know, I'll be loving you still. Yeah, I'll be loving you. That, that hits that I'll be loving you still part. hits. Yeah. Why do you think he couldn't say the things he needed to say? What was what was holding him up? Because uh, she was around a bunch of rappers, and he's like, I don't associate with these people. <laughs> well, Tony, if you're listening, <laughs> let us know why you couldn't say these things to her. I want to know, Tony, why couldn't you say the things? He could He could apparently say the things to the girl in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was through Facebook. Yeah, yeah Facebook. That's, he, didn't, this was he, pre- didn't, he didn't have social media. He would have been... Fu- she would be back with this girl if social media was a thing. Think about this. He would think, have sent her an instant message, and everything would have been fine. Think about this. When Tony Rich wrote this song... 
He didn't even have instant messenger. He didn't even have text messaging nope. yet. Anything you said, you had to had, call. <laughs> you had to be said at least. I mean, at the the at least on the phone. But most stuff probably had to be said in person. Maybe we answered the question. Yeah, it's hard to say things in person. Well, sometimes. this song nobody knows wouldn't exist if that stuff was there. Probably because he wouldn't be able to write this. He would just got the girl back. Maybe, yeah. This maybe. one would have just been a private instant message that <laughs> yeah. no one else got to see but her. Right, yeah, man. <laughs> so geez. do you think this song is specifically about one girl or is it a culmination of relationships? I mean, to me, that angel line you don't like, maybe that was like an inside thing where he mm. said my, like, you know, don't think of it like angel in the sky. Think of it yeah. like maybe he called her my angel. Yeah, he used to say uh, like, shorty girl, you my angel, my darling angel. Right, shaggy style. <laughs> Closer than my peeps you are to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I think if you're calling somebody angel that it's you're doomed. You're doomed if you're, if you're, calling, if you're calling your significant other angel. I, it sounds personal. It sounds like a real thing. He's a songwriter. You need and, some and inspiration. And maybe why that's a hit and why today we still read these lyrics and, you know, can be moved because he's writing what he knows. And right. that's, that's maybe how you make good music is, you know, maybe you don't, <laughs> you go think, through it. Well, <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that you today people yeah, are faking it. Yeah, for sure. I think people play music that's popular, you know, mm. I mean, I like him, but like a MGK, someone like that, I think he's kind of faking the pop punk thing. Of course. Well, of you, course. you question people. I see, right? I mean, you, do you think? I'm saying a lot of popular people will just cater to what's popular. I think someone like him, that's exactly why he didn't play with rappers. That's exactly why he canceled that show because, you know, he's true to his music, where I think, you know, a lot of artists aren't. And he is, I, for all the faults, he's genuine. I should, I should make the distinction between good music and popular music. Those are, those can be the same thing. But they're, very often they are. Very not. often they are not. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, when it, but when it comes to Tony Rich, we got to make a decision here. Well, let, let's finish it. Do you okay. want to? Don't you want to finish the lyrics? Well, doesn't he just do the chorus a second time? <laughs> okay, we don't need to do it. <laughs> so we know it's do, another chorus. Just, just say him again. Okay, days yeah. so long or nights so long, days so sad. Just keep thinking about the love that we had, and I'm missing you. Nobody knows it but me. Thank you. And then he says that a couple more times. Okay. Yep. I'm missing We're, you. We need it one more time. Nobody knows one more it time. but me. One, time, one more time we need I to I said I'm missing it. you. Yeah. And nobody knows right. it but me. Right. You got the refrain. I like <laughs> it. We're making a decision. Yeah. Oh, you can start. I mean, it, it, did he bring the thunder or is he a one-hit blunder? Now, let me, before you make, before you say that, I will say that since this, he's released seven more albums, although he hasn't been on the charts for 25 years. Well, being that I picked this song, you know, I'm not a person that wants to talk about something I don't like. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know there's contrarians that would want to come on here and kind of bash a song. Sure. But 100% thunder. Okay. All right. No, don't get me wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> no the song nobody knows is absolutely thunder. That is undeniable. And when we get to, you know, episode 149 or whatever it is when we decide to rank all the songs that we've discussed in the last year. I think it's going to be in the top 10. I think it's a it's an incredible great song. Tony Rich project. However, I think I think he stumbled into one beautiful song and has never been able to capture yeah, that magic but, but and i you, but don't answer yet aren't we talking about the song is this song or, or we're taking it all in, it is all. it is that you're looking at like did the artist they had this one hit regardless of what you think about it, they had one hit 
Should they have been more than a one-hit wonder? Well, here's the thing. I'm saying <laughs> Thunder because this song is so fire. Okay. And he had a career, and he still has a career sure. in music. So he's sticking with Thunder to me. Yeah, this song was his peak. It, obviously, he's a one-hit wonder for a reason. Yeah. But I feel sure. like I'm not going to... This song is that good that he's Thunder for me we, because he stayed in music and... Right. You know, Look, I'm, I may endure the wrath of his Instagram followers, but I'm going to go ahead and call Tony Rich a blunder on this. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, and and I we've done that before. We've been we've you and I have been like this song is so good that like regardless of the rest of the catalog, I'm still giving my thunder. You can't deny it. We've done that before. Yeah, but we tried to listen to some Tony Rich this morning while well, making eggs, and we could let not me, get through a song. Let, let me. <laughs> um, so, dun, dun, dun. what I will I got the deciding vote here on Tony Rich project is. So when I knew Johnny was doing the song and we were swimming and we're talking about it and I'm like, Tony Rich Project, like that is so up my alley. I love R&B music, especially 90s R&B music. And I'm like, wow, I never really like dove into him more. I definitely like that song. You know, I, I, I may have been guilty of thinking at some point, nah, I probably knew it was Tony Rich Project, but it is very baby face-ish. So we were watching all his music videos. And like you said, Matt, we're listening to the rest of his catalog, everything. I'm talking more songs from this album. Those tended to be a little better. Yeah. Ever, all along, 2003, 2017. Like we're listening to music from all over. And it's adult contemporary music. And it sounds like I'm in a doctor's office when I'm listening to it. That was the it. quote. That was yeah, the quote. That, it feels like doctor's office music. I'm... I'm like, there's got to be a good And something's song. wrong with that? If I'm in a doctor's office and I'm sitting there and I'm getting a checkup or I'm doing something, Tony Rich might soothe me. I was going to say, but are you going to have that struggle where you want to sing along and they've got all the shit inside <laughs> your mouth? Well, we're not dentists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm just saying that I thought for sure he was going to have like at least five songs I liked other than this. Songs I liked more than this. I thought this dude was just going to bring it and what I... God, I just think he's obviously really good. Got a great voice. He writes good lyrics. He's had a career for a long time, but nothing else hit me. Nothing else. I, I, I came into this with such high expectations and it could just be that nothing rocks. And when I say rock, it doesn't mean it has to have like distorted guitars, but nothing like hit me like this song did. In fact, I didn't, I didn't find one other song, one other song. And Matt, we listen to a lot of songs. We listen to an overwhelming. I wanted of songs. so badly to like Tony Rich Project more than we, I did. We definitively listen to more Tony Rich than any other artist that we're covering on yeah, this, this recording session. That's because I didn't want to give up. And <laughs> even the Boys to Men song that he wrote, I'm like, oh, I sit away. I know that song. Went and listened to it. I'm like, this is like not a good Boys to Men song, even. And I, I got to give him a blunder and I didn't want to. That's what sucks is I, I thought that I'll oh, guarantee Tony Rich Project Thunder, but I just got to be honest. Blunder. I mean, he seems like an awesome person. He's great at what he does. Oh, yeah. Tony Rich, the man, seems awesome. Yeah. Like on the off shot that Tony Rich somehow hears this episode. I think you'll hear it. But like you as a person, awesome. The song that you were, this nobody knows song, an endearing classic for 30 more years. I think 30 more years from now, people are still going to love this song. Yeah. Yeah. Just wasn't really digging the other stuff. Yeah. That's, that, that's all there is. That's as honest as you can get. And I, I just thought I was going to love it and didn't. So yeah. And yeah. I get that. I mean, yeah. I'd say his other stuff. I wasn't that into either, but 
this song for me, I'm still giving him thunder because I don't want to hear the Instagram hate yeah. that you guys are going to get. But you know what, though? <laughs> the flip side is, Johnny, I still will say that you have probably brought more top contender songs yeah. than any oh, other guest we've had. Well, <laughs> and, and I, you know, sorry I didn't watch the video. I actually tried to watch it, but I listened to the list you gave me, Matt, of all the songs. I sat there for like three hours one day and I just pined over like, <laughs> should I do this one? Should I do this one? I mean, Dead Eye Dick, New Age Girl, I told you that. I mean, yeah. the lyrics, the don't like the bone part. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that part even though I'm talking about it now. <laughs> you know, House of Pain, Jump Around. When that song came out and I got that album with the parental advisory thing i felt so cool the album cover is cool but then read the lyrics you know like i don't want to talk about some of the lyrics that they were talking about uh the joan osborne i mentioned before that song's really good but i just wanted to land on this one because it hit me at a time in my life where it made you know a huge impact and i feel like i'm picking songs that are one hit wonders that like you said are gonna rank high yeah, yeah. and you have man you are the yeah. you have brought more Fire. So at some point we should we should do a ranking of the guests in the songs. The, the that guests they of their quality. We, we've, <laughs> we've had so many return guests now that uh, yeah. I mean cool. Johnny's coming up there. There's there's the four member club, mm-hmm. Ooh, which is about three. four people. Right. But I think Johnny's one of the only people in the next step down in the three person. Yeah, he club. probably wants to do another episode yeah. right, right now. Let's <laughs> yeah. pick Dead Eye Dick. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Can't Tell What's Real off the Punchline album, Lion. Visit punchlion.com for merch, tour dates, and news. Do you want to start a podcast? Then contact Chris or myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app, And tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder. Hey, you. Did you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 20. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. 
We've had guests from all genres and styles of music. And I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.